Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, we ask you to join us over another casual one-on-one conversation where Lauren and I each ask each other 20 questions to help you get to know us better. We each share our reflections on our friendship and our minimalist lifestyles, and through these discussions, we hope to inspire you to reflect on your own lifestyle, including your values, goals, and the daily systems you follow. We want to immerse you in our conversation today as if you were in the room with us. We discuss questions such as what do you need more of in your life and what do you need less of to what fears do you experience and what obstacles have you recently overcome? Plus, we share questions around our favorite moments in our friendship to date and the traits we appreciate in one another. Whether you are new to our podcast or have been listening to us for some time, we hope that you appreciate our reflections and find value in some of the wisdom we share. Be inspired by our real, raw, and reflective responses and be prepared to laugh and smile with us along the way. So this is going to be an absolute blast, Lauren. I have to tell you that answering these 20 questions was so much fun and also very relaxing and therapeutic for me. How about you? Yeah, I was, Kelly and I went for, we had a chat this morning and I was saying how it gave me so much clarity in my life. Answering these questions, I feel like we should post them for our audience to answer them themselves. Yeah. And I was also thinking about you and your boyfriend. It would be fun for you two to do it together as well, not just for friends. Asking each other these questions is really cool for our friendship, but also to help us reflect on our own lifestyles and our own goals and our habits. And hopefully in our discussion today, we will inspire you to reflect on your own lifestyle patterns and inspire you to do this same experiment with a friend of yours or a partner of yours. It's going to be so much fun. I I woke up this morning thinking, oh, this is going to be so fun and relaxing. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> so let's play 20 questions. So the first question is, and I will ask you this first, Lauren, what do you remember most about how and when we met? Okay, this is so funny. And I feel like the audience is going to think I'm weird, but I have a very photographic, very detailed memory. Wow. So I remember what I wore. I remember what you were wearing. I remember the condo I showed you. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, I showed Kelly and I met on Craigslist. I had put a a real estate listing on there and Kelly messaged me to view it. And I remember being late. I was going to be late. And I had on a black top and black pants and it was spring or summer. It was warm Mm -hmm. out. And I was like, oh, I'm wearing all black. And then when you showed up, you were wearing all black too. And I was oh. like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I remember you were working for Air Canada at the time. And you told me that you loved steak, but you love this vegan blog called Oh, She Glows. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You really remember a lot. Okay. Yeah. I re- and I showed you a condo in City Place and you didn't like it because there was had a lot of carpeting in it. And that was it. I remember you texted me after and asked me to go for drinks at Earl's with a few girls. Oh, yeah. I think that was our first interaction. I think I invited you out with friends. But what I remember, and I will answer this question as well, (laughs) is I do remember you waiting outside the apartment building and me being like, oh, she's so put together. And originally you were very serious. 
you know, very professional. <laughs> we walk into the apartment and you could tell on my face, I was not interested in it, but even more so you could tell on your face that you didn't even like it for me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't nice. I had brown hair too. You did have brown yeah. hair. You had brown hair for a while. So I did. funny. And I had it up back. in like a tight bun. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> professional. And then all of a sudden, Lauren goes in the bedroom and she goes, oh, this girl's not going to like this place because the closet is tiny. You were thinking that in your head. And then I was like, oh, well, that's not a big deal for me because I don't have that many clothes. And she's like, me neither. And so we, and I'm sure some of you have heard this story before, but it was so cute, the interactions. You're like, oh my gosh, we both relate. We don't own a lot of stuff. This is so cool. And then all of a sudden there was this part of you and I don't remember what joke you made, but you made a funny joke. And I was like, wow, this girl's actually fun and goofy. She's not just serious. <laughs> yeah, I come off very serious. I feel like people, my friends are always like, do they know the real Lauren? Because yeah. <laughs> I have like a quiet professional side, but then I have a really goofy side. That's exactly it. And that's how I describe you to new people in my life. I'm like, okay, you're going to meet Lauren. When you first meet her, you might get the shy version of her, but she's actually the complete opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to test the waters first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. I can't believe you remember. I loved the cookbook, Oh, She Glows. I still yeah. own that cookbook. It's great. I, I still look at that website. I love that website. <laughs> yeah, it's great. For vegan recipe ideas, definitely check it out. No, it's amazing. So the second question is, what's your favorite memory or memories from our friendship so far? This is so funny. This is not sincere. I have sincere ones. But for some reason, when I looked at this question, this was my first thought. When Kelly and I were in Italy back, how many years ago was it now? Five years ago? 2018. Yeah. Where we actually started this podcast. Kelly's not a big drinker. And we were at Italy having Aperol spritzes <laughs> and she had maybe half of one and she was like face down on the table. And I, I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> and I think I finished her drink and had to like walk her out. But I was like, this girl's not a big drinker. <laughs> That's actually really funny that you remember that. I never would have thought so about funny. that. That's well, like the, my funniest memory of us. <laughs> well, the context behind that is we had a very long flight from Toronto to Venice. And Lauren is an amazing sleeper. So she slept the whole way. It was a night flight. I did not sleep for a minute. So I had been awake for almost two full days. So it was really unhealthy, but I had the energy. We went through whole, we just toured around the whole day. And by the evening, when we grabbed the Aperol Spritz, uh, it hit me harder because I hadn't slept. Right. But yeah. we still had so much fun after that. It was so fun. And two of my other biggest memories, we also did a tour of an olive grove while we were in Italy. I feel like that was so unique and so fun that day. And it was so peaceful. Mm. And another time when we were in California, when we were having champagne at a Malibu beach house right on the ocean, I felt like we were celebrities. That was such a good memory together. That was really fun. That was uh, my friend's place right on the beach. That's so nice. And you were there with the little puppy. I remember the pictures, but uh, that's yeah. so great. You actually are pointing out, I, I said the same things, but I wasn't as specific. So we have traveled to many cities together. So I mentioned hiking Runyon Canyon in Los Angeles, partying at Soho House in New York, walking the streets of Italy was so fun. What was most fun about that is 
so many Italian men would be hitting on Lauren and Lauren is very oblivious. She'll just walk straight and just mm-hmm. she, she doesn't realize what else is happening around her. And I'll be like, Lauren, that guy's hitting on you. She's like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and, and when we were in Italy, we you know, we're, it was five years ago. So we're trying to be very economical when it comes to how much we're spending there. But we said, we're going to spoil ourselves. We're going to go to the four seasons. We're going to get a nice brunch, which ended up being a croissant and a latte. And some guy came up to our table and he's like, Oh, are you two influencers? (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And we're like, no, but we should be. And then we started the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. But I just remember just being in the fields and of course you were reading and I was reading another area and then we came together and recorded our first episode, which was on our phone, which is hilarious to think about five years later. So yeah, that was so much fun. I mean, we've traveled everywhere. I I loved being in Boston with you, checking out MIT and Harvard campus. That was really nice. But I would say that my favorite, favorite, favorite trip was definitely Italy. That was the coolest experience. Yeah. Maybe because it was such a different culture and there was so much to see and explore. Yeah. That was a long trip too. Yeah. I remember by day nine, we're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't head home now, (laughs) but I think we stayed 11 days, but I think we were saying that because our spray tans wore wore it off. So (laughs) we're like, we're white. We got to get home. Yeah, the money's running out. (laughs) Yeah, the money's running out too. Exactly. It was getting expensive. So the next question is, what is your favorite part of our friendship? Or what about our friendship is important to you? Okay, so obviously the big thing is that we agree on minimalism and living this simple, meaningful life Mm. together. Another thing I love about us is we get excited over little things. Like we get giddy and... And what I also love about our friendship is that we can just get together and go for a walk or like meet and have tea. Like we don't have to be like whining and dining, even though we do travel together, but it's a real friendship. Like we can just be like, hey, do you want to grab a coffee and catch up? We don't have to be doing these like fancy things to hang out. That's so true. We both really understand the value of a dollar and we had similar upbringings so we just see the little things as fun things that you can do together. We don't do, need to do big, fancy things. Although it is fun, fun to dress up with you and go to fa- fancy events once in a oh, while. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I said, I love how our personalities mesh. And I bet a lot of our listeners would agree. So obviously, I always say, Lauren, you're the funny one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You make me laugh so much, especially when I'm down. I appreciate that a lot. And you bring out my own silly side. So sometimes people see me that way as well. But I find that we have really good banter because we have similar personalities, but very different personalities. So we really bounce off each other well. And I would say that my favorite, favorite thing is that we are almost, I don't think you can be 100% around yourself around anybody, but we are almost 100% ourselves around each other. Like I, we can- Yeah, that's true. Right? We can just be in our worst state and even- not even just like looking terrible one morning. It's more about, hey, yeah, I'm not feeling great. And you can just be yourself around me. I can do the same around you, which is really, really nice. It's refreshing. I don't think there's a lot of opportunities to be 100% yourself in this world. So it's really nice. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, we always say we fight like sisters. Yeah, exactly. Like and that's family, was- but yeah. I was going to go into that because I remember there was the first maybe four years of our friendship. 
we never fought once. And Lauren's like, this is not good. This is not yeah, good. It's we not need to fight. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to fight. We need to have an argument. And we had our first argument. It's it's kind of a, a sad story, but we in the beginning, admittedly, the beginning of podcasting, we interviewed someone and Lauren and I, we forgot to press the record button. Oh yeah. And we then had this 20 second argument. So that was that was good. So we were able to move past that. Like sisters, or I don't know, not all sisters, we're able to have an argument and then solve it immediately, which is a really great skill. I I said that I love our ability to solve issues fast and laugh about it later. And of course, I love our commitment to our friendship and our podcasts. And I think in many ways, our podcast has helped us maintain our friendship, which is awesome. Oh, for Uh, sure. But I mean, I thought about it. It's like if we didn't even have the podcast, I still think that we would maintain it. I still do, which is great. We're at similar stages in our life and we live pretty close together. So exactly, exactly. Our compassion for each other on a daily basis as well. And, you know, whenever I have a hard time, you make time for me and I try to do the same for you. And I love that. The level of compassion is definitely there. You going through breakups, me going through breakups or just mentally hard times. So, you know, we called each other this morning and it was a nice call. You were there for me in a situation for something that I'm dealing with right now. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, this discussion today is going to be so fun. And I started asking you about today's discussion. And then we're like, no, 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 let's stop. We want it to be organic. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to get in talking about these questions because they were so great. But So the next question is, what is your favorite trait in me? So you'll share yours for me and then I'll share yours. Okay. This is what I love about you. You do not sugarcoat your life. Like you're very upfront and honest. You're humble. You're deep. And I feel like when people ask you questions about anything, your relationship, your job, like you're never like, everything's perfect and I'm happy. Like you're very like, yeah, this is going well, but also like, this is what's going on in my life. And these are my struggles. Like it, and it makes it so easy to be close with you and be relatable, I guess. I love that. Yeah. Biggest compliment ever. Oh, good. No, I I really, I get along with people who are like that. Like they have depth and they're like excited and they celebrate things, but they also talk about their struggles. I feel like it's what connects people. And you're also insanely detail orientated. I can be like, Hey Kelly, I need this piece of paper from like three years ago from this company. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like, yep. I emailed it to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. I'm on top of things. Yes, you are. But on that note, you've also helped me be on top of things, but simplify things. I think sometimes in life, we try to make easy things more difficult. So what I love about you is, first of all, your simplicity or your minimalist way of doing things. You are the innate minimalist. You do everything simply, especially when it comes to emails, Lauren. I love it. I'll be like, hey, Lauren, can you send me a picture? Oh, yeah, sure. But, but there's no more subject detail. line. Yeah, but there's more details to this picture. And there's other things she could add to this email. And she'll literally just email. She'll just put in the header picture attachment. <laughs> That's it. You're just sending what I asked for. It's great. And you've helped me be better at that. Because I always say that if you send someone a long email, they're not going to look at it immediately. Just like me. I'm like, when I get a long email, I, I put those off for a little bit. I rather respond to the ones that are one sentence, two sentences, right? So you really simplify that. I'd also say, honestly, my favorite trait in you, there are two things, your humor. Your humor is amazing. You definitely make everybody laugh in a room. 
and which which makes people feel more comfortable around you, which makes people open up around you. And maybe that's why I'm so comfortable opening up around you because you are so real and funny. And then there's another piece of you. And I noticed this literally right when I met you is your level of compassion and empathy is so big. And maybe it's because you come from a mother who was a nurse and she's super caring, uh, but you're one of the most empathetic people I know on the planet. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Sometimes to a fault because I feel like I feel mm. things so deeply, even if there are other people's issues. And I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have this as much, but there's yeah. definitely pros and cons to it. There uh, there are. So being overly empathetic can also be a bad thing because then you feel the pain even more so than that person. And yeah. you have to be mindful of that as well. But I find that you have a very high level of compassion for your family and friends, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like with the simplicity thing, sometimes I simplify things. I'm like, is this me doing things simply or is this me being lazy? <laughs> well, you should definitely continue to ask yourself that question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go with simply. <laughs> well, it's it's we've talked about how you put all of your files in your computer in your trash can. You let it sit there because you don't want to physically see it digitally on your... <laughs> <laughs> on your device so funny you're hilarious but uh for the important stuff you shouldn't throw it out lauren you need little files i email them to myself you do yes yes, yeah. yes. you can also put them in a drive there's other ways of doing it that's true that's yeah. true yeah i gotta teach you some of those ways but now we're going into questions about more focused on your lifestyle and my lifestyle and we'll share with each other so the question is what is your greatest accomplishment and what are you still hoping to accomplish Okay. This was a hard question. I'm excited to hear what you're going to say, but okay. okay my biggest ones at graduating university, mm. meeting a nice guy that took a long time, <laughs> buying a condo. My parents helped lend me part of the deposit, but still I- You're paying them back. I'm paying them back. And I lost over 50 pounds. So that was a big accomplishment. Wow. And then things I'm still hoping to accomplish. So I want to get married and have two kids. I would love to move to California and then retire in Paris. That's my pipe dream. Ugh. And I really want to buy a sailboat at some point in my life. Mm. Also, I would love to one day write and produce comedy movies. So that's like a big end goal for my accomplishments. So what, are, what about you, Kelly? What's your greatest accomplishments and what do you want to accomplish? For me, I would say it's a sense of freedom that I've gained in my life. Looking back five years ago, I didn't have the level of freedom that I have today. Yeah. I'm now designing my work life around my life. As I've said many times, I'm developing the confidence to pursue the things that light me up every day. I feel like I'm more authentically myself around everybody in my life. I'm not afraid of saying no as much. I find that I will speak up if I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of. These are all qualities I didn't have five years ago. And I know it's the space that I've gained from living with less that has given me this opportunity to feel this way and move around in the world this way. So I would say greater freedom in my life. And, uh, you know, every few years we change. You know, five years ago, I was that person. I feel like I'm still the same person, but... I'm growing and I'm more wise and it makes me think that I actually look forward to five years from now. I'll be 41, which sounds scary probably to most, but to me, it sounds exciting. It's like, oh, who am I going to be five more years from now? There's going to be more wisdom. I'm going to have new people in my life. You know, there's going to be, I don't know, who knows what will come from that. But 
one thing that I haven't accomplished is, I mean, obviously we're developing all the work that we do on the podcast. I, I'd like to continue that over the next few years and still looking to accomplish more when it comes to the work that we do. I would love to collaborate with other minimalist thought leaders in the space. I'd love to develop simple living courses with you. So these extra things that I want to do, but for me personally, what I'm still hoping to accomplish is to actually get better at meditation. I find that I haven't been the strongest at it and taking time to disconnect and find peace in your everyday is so important. So I have a little story. I did that this past Saturday. I wasn't on my phone all day. It was the best feeling in the world. I literally turned off my phone. It was so, I can't explain, Lauren, being away from your phone for an entire day, almost an entire day. I was walking home from spending the day with someone and I just felt so refreshed. My mind was clear. I thought to myself, I need to do this more often. It's such a good feeling. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'll put my phone away and then I'll get all anxious when I have to check it. I'm like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of messages and there's not one. (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) why do I care so much? (laughs) That's always, yeah, it's it's interesting because messages are, are a dopamine hit, right? Yeah. And so when we don't get any, we're like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, I'd still rather not hear from anyone. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> so the next question is, if you had a whole day where you could do anything you wanted, one whole day, what would you do? Okay. So this question out of all of the questions gave me the most clarity in my life and like what I'm working towards. And If you're in the audience listening to this, write down that question. If you could do a whole day doing anything you want and what would you do? Because it will help you figure out what you want in life. Mm -hmm. So this is my perfect day. Wake up early, of course. Have a cup of coffee outside and I'm reading a really good book. And then my job is sitting in a writer's room pitching funny movie ideas or sketch ideas or like being on the production back end of a comedy and then ending the day with a sunset sale. That would be my perfect day. Oh, totally. What I would add there in your day, because I know you is I would add a beautiful glass of red wine. You know what? I had all my favorite foods. So like blueberry muffin for breakfast, (laughs) bruschetta for lunch and like a nice barbecue for dinner with wine and dessert. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Lauren loves her blueberry muffins. When we were in Italy, you'd always get this fresh blueberry muffin every morning. (laughs) Yeah. And Kelly would be like, oh, can I have a little bit? I'm like, no, no, I don't share. (laughs) You can have one crumb. (laughs) That's Um, perfect, Lauren. Oh my gosh. We could have drew this for each other. That would have been fun. Yeah, I we should have been tried able. to do. I want to hear your fun. perfect day. You're like okay. 12 hours of meditation. <laughs> you think that I would say that? No, I'm no. actually, I don't know what your day would look like. I want to hear it. Okay. So I love the little things, the simple pleasures in life. In the morning, I would wake up. I would do some type of activity, a sport or a workout, right? As you know, mm-hmm. then I would have breakfast or brunch, ideally home cooked by myself. Mm-hmm. Then I would read I would go for a massage. I love massages. And I would travel, if possible, even two hours out to go maybe for a hike or to go see a site, spend time with a friend or a partner or a loved one, watch a movie, go for a beautiful dinner and a long walk. That's it. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I I added that I would spend as little amount of time on my phone as possible. 
you know, to, uh, it's so great. Like just to be disconnected for an entire day is the best thing in the world. And uh, as I just said, you know, this past Saturday was amazing. I like that you said spend time with other people. I feel like mine's pretty solo, except with the other comedians. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned reading and and, and I, I meant to add writing in there. I would just love to read and write. Uh, one of my goals is to write a book one day. So that's what I could see myself doing on that perfect day. And we didn't mention where we would be, but I would ideally be somewhere beautiful with beautiful yeah. weather, somewhere where you can't feel the weather. <laughs> Somewhere warm near an ocean. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So the next question is, if you had no Wi-Fi or data for one week, how would you spend your time? Oh, I love this one. Yeah, I laughed at this one because I'm like, how I spend it now. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I would just read and write. I would go for walks and bike rides because I stream my workouts. I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Cook and bake. And then when I hung out with people, I would just, we wouldn't be able to have Netflix or anything. So I would probably just sit and have a glass of wine with them, have some deep conversation and maybe play board games. Oh, I love that. All the things that we used to do as kids. Yeah. Before the internet. I feel like that'd be a funny movie. It's like a week without internet, what the world would do. There was like a shutdown. Oh my gosh. You should do a comedy skit on that. Yeah. It's like, we thought COVID was bad and we had internet. (laughs) Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to see what you could come up with. So for me, I would love to go. I just thought about travel. If this were the case, I would go to Bali. I would go to a health and wellness retreat for an entire week without my Uh, phone. I would take yoga classes every day, get massages every day, swim, read, write, and just reflect, meditate. Uh, And ideally with one friend or a partner. That would be my dream. I didn't even think of one of those retreats. We got to put that on our bucket list. Yes. Would you do that with me? That would be. I would so love cool. to do it. Yeah. Or or a retreat where we can't even talk with each other. <laughs> That's there. my dream retreat. I'm like, I'm moving here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I start talking. You're like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next two questions are interesting. So the first one is, what do you need more of your in your life? And the next one is, what do you need less of? So we'll start with, what do you need more of in your life, Lauren? Okay, number one, a calm mind, mm. clarity, and confidence. I feel like I second guess myself a lot. Even about confidence, I'm like, what, do I second guess myself? I'm like, you're second guessing yourself about second guessing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, those are three things I need more of. What about you? Oh, that's great. I, I I hear you on the mind thing. For yeah. sure. You know, our minds are always talking to us and sometimes they're not so nice. So I talked about I need more self-compassion, self-love. So oh yeah. I need less that. less negative self-talk. I get hard on myself very often. And I feel like you and I both don't appreciate the small wins as much as we should. And as you said on our call this morning, therapy is really helping you with that. Very much so. So that's that. Also, I'm seeking better self-discipline. So of course, I work for myself. I have great self-discipline in terms of putting myself to work, but I'm not the best at stopping myself from working. So it takes discipline to also stop yourself. So I need to be better at that. Uh, I also am, to be honest, and I'm seeking more connection. I work for myself. I work from home. So I don't get as many interactions as I would like. As you say, I feed off other people's energy. I actually get a high one after connecting with people. 
So now I have a run club that I go to every week. I'm always connecting with friends throughout the week. But in terms of work stuff, I have this run club. I also meet with my colleagues once a week in person. I did this morning and we actually talked about it. I didn't even bring it up. My colleague did. He's like, I really like these in-person meetings because I find that I'm working by myself. I'm at the computer all day and I'm lacking that sense of connection. So I appreciate these meetings. And I was like, wow, that's literally what's going on in my head right now. I love that you just said that. It's so important. Yeah, that's so true. And the last piece is I need more love in my life, which Aww. is really sad, but it's really good. I think there is nothing better in life than being in love. It's the best feeling in the world. I think that's what life is worth living for is moments of feeling loved and loving others. It's a good feeling. I watched uh, one of the movies of the Before Trilogy this weekend. Have you seen, have you heard of those movies? It's with Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. There's three movies. There's Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. And it's two actors, literally the same two actors over three different decades. So you see them actually grow together. It's incredible. And they're not dating. They're just actors. They they filmed back in the 90s and then in their in like 20 something and then 2013. It's incredible. And so we watched the first movie. I watched this watched the first movie with someone and it was just, oh, they really it's it's so interesting when you watch a film years ago and then you watch it again and you just appreciate it a different way now that you've lived life more. And they continually try to figure out what it means to love and to be loved. And it's that's what the whole movie is all about. It's beautiful. Anyways, I could go yeah. into that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's called The Before Trilogy. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Is it like a series or? There's... Yeah, it's three movies over the course of three decades. Same actors. So you oh, see wow. them get older. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Anyways, but I know even men, like I know a lot of men in my life that love it too. So it's not just for women. So the next question is, what do you need less of in your life? Now, this is fun. Uh, Carbohydrates. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, my biggest ones are anxiety and worry and distraction. That was my biggest one. Mm, I know. We need to learn how to manage distractions in our lives better. We obviously interviewed quite a few people in the past about how to manage the distraction in your life. But again, it's ongoing. And there's always more noise every single day that we need to learn how to manage. For sure. So I said mindless social media scrolling. Oh. So I know you're really good at that. I'm not so great at that. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't even have social media on my phone. (laughs) So yeah, I think most of us will go to send a message to someone and then we'll go down a rabbit hole and we'll find ourselves on that platform for 10 to 20 to 30 minutes and it's time wasted most of the time. So you got to learn how to set boundaries. Again, I need less self-doubt and negative self-talk and indecisiveness. So that is something I've been working on for maybe my entire life. I am much more decisive today and I think that's a really good and important skill to have, but I've been very indecisive, especially with this lifestyle, because when we make decisions, we want to make the best decision because we only want to buy one thing of something that we need to buy and we want that one thing to be of high quality. So of course, as if you heard our latest last episode, I talked about how my bed broke and I need a new bed frame and here it is three weeks later and I still haven't bought a new bed frame because I can't find the perfect one. And I need to, I've learned through my research that if you are ever indecisive, write down each option. 
weigh the pros and cons, and set a personal deadline to make the decision. So I personally set a deadline that deadline for myself that today is the day. I have oh, to buy it. You have to order it. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be good enough. And sometimes good enough is good enough. So, and I've, I've interviewed Barry Schwartz in the past. He talks about the paradox of choice and how to manage that paralyzed feeling that we feel when we can't make a decision. It's so important. It's better to make a decision than not make a decision at all. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure the audience can relate, but I feel like I'll get something. And then two days later, I'll see something better and be like, oh, I wish I got that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy, though. No, it's not. Like even I bought retinol cream and then a week later they came out with like plant-based natural retinol. And I was like, oh, I wish I got that one. (laughs) But I'm like, nope, we're using this one until it's done. And then if you want to change it, fine. (laughs) Yeah. Your skin is glowing, by the way. It looks really good. Oh, I feel like I'm in the, my skin's peeling phase. You probably can't see it, but. Oh, is it peeling from the retinol? It is. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. doing like a bit of a purge, but yeah, hopefully I'll look good once it's all. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Lauren made a joke the other day because retinol helps you, you know, maintain your youth and uh, it's just a serum. And (laughs) Lauren was telling her boyfriend, she's like, Hey, I got retinol. And he woke up in the morning. He's like, Lauren, you look 10 years younger. <laughs> I was like, it takes three months to work. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Don't lie to me. <laughs> so the next question is, what fears do you experience? Or what is one thing you find most challenging in your life right now? So I feel like the next phase of my life, like I'm living downtown, I live in a condo and, you know, over the next five years, like I want to get married and have kids and get a house. And I I don't know where that is or what that's going to look like or, and anywhere around downtown Toronto to buy a house is millions of dollars. So I guess just thinking about that, I, I, I like avoid it at all costs. I'm like, I'm just not going to think about this right now, but yeah, I am. I'm like afraid of what how the next five years are going to pan out. I'm sure everything will work out, but yeah, like all the logistics of it mm-hmm. um, is challenging. And I'm sure, you know, people in their thirties, which, you know, I'm going to be 34 this summer going into my mid thirties to late thirties. It's like that next stage of your life. And what does that look like? But mm-hmm. I guess there's still time, but it's definitely in the back of my mind. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, I always say that my favorite quote is focus on what you have, right? And you'll gain what you lack. So you have a vision for yourself. You know that you want to get married. You want to get, you want to buy a house together and you want to have kids. So at least there is some type of structure, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you both are hardworking and ambitious and you'll get there. Yeah, everything will figure itself out. We just might be buying a detached shack for like $3 million. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable here. Yeah, the we'll prices, figure it out though. Yeah, the, uh, the average rent, just for context, everyone, the average rent is 3000 Canadian dollars a month in Toronto right now. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I was saying that millionaire song. If I'd have, if I had a million dollars, I would buy your house. And I'm like, you can't buy a detached home for a million dollars now. No, you can't. No, <laughs> crazy. How oh, us millennials, here. how are we ever going to buy a place? <laughs> but anyways, so we can't think about that. Yes. Let's just focus on what we have today. Yeah, that's our fear. Okay, so what's your fear? So my fear is it's the same thing. My fear oh, is the fear okay. of the future. I'm starting to plan out what I want to accomplish. So my therapist inspired me to write it down 
the things that I do want in my future, the things that would be important to me. And rather than sitting or going through every day and waking up with anxiety and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, if you write some things down on where you could see your life, that will be helpful. So so I told her, I said, I feel a little bit anxious every time I wake up. What can I do? You know, I, I do have more of a bit of a non-traditional lifestyle right now. And for my age, especially in Toronto, for the way most people live their lives, I'm 36, I'm not married, I don't have kids, and I'm still developing my career. So many could see it as, oh, you haven't, you don't have any of those structure or, or you, but it's so interesting because I feel like I do have an anchor in my life. I do feel anchored. I do feel, I do feel I have a sense of security in my own life, but nothing is super secure. So it gets a little scary sometimes, but then I reflect on, okay, well, I do love my alone time. I do want a partner. These are things I know. Uh, I'm still indifferent about children. So these are things that I'm trying to work through right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm so interesting because it's like, I've never been happier in my life. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I've never been happier. And, you know, I'm starting to write down things so that I choose a path today that is the same path that I want to live in 10 years from today. I want to start building a system today that leads up to a path that I want to be in or a place I want to be in in five, 10 years. So that's what I'm working on right now. I love that. I don't want to comment on that because it, has to do with a later question we're talking about. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But you'll remember? I will remember, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next question is if you could meet anyone in the world alive or deceased, who would it be, Lauren? Oprah. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. I was like Lauren's going to say Oprah. I love Oprah since I was a little girl. This is so funny. In the summers when I would go to my friend's house to play, I would call my parents and I'd be like, you better be here at 3.30 because I got to be home for four for Oprah. <laughs> they're like, okay, Lauren. I'm like, I know they're not going to watch Oprah with me, so I got to be home. But I loved her since I was a little girl. This is so funny. I don't even know if I should say this on the Just podcast. Say it. There, there was a time I had head lice when I was 10 years old. I don't know if you got head lice when you were little. Of and course, I had we a, all did. I, yeah, I had a shower cap on with my head lice treatment. And I was sitting cross-legged on the couch eating cheese puffs, watching Oprah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> How old were you? I was probably like 10 or 11. <laughs> Just living your best life. That was my best life. <laughs> Oh my god! So I'm like, I hope no one comes in and sees me. I just imagine you itching your head while eating cheese puffs. Yeah, I know. But I have always loved Oprah. I I still listen to her podcast. I read all of her books. She is my mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. huge fan. So, what about you, Kelly? I'm curious. And she has the podcast Super Soul Conversations, which is amazing. Yes. Oh, I can be anxious and listen to that, and I'm in like such a calm state mm-hmm. after. It is such a Zen podcast. I highly yes. recommend it. So for me, I said, and someone I've always talked about over the past few decades, I'm sure you've heard me speak of him, business icon Warren Buffett. Oh, he yes. Is, yeah, he's one of the top five richest people on the planet, but he is also extremely humble, generous, and passionate. He is also a self-proclaimed minimalist who loves simple things and focusing on what matters most. For many of you, I'm sure some of you know this already, but for those of you who don't, Warren Buffett, again, one of the top five richest people in the entire world, gazillionaire, (laughs) billionaire. He is known for living in the same home for 60 plus years, 
eating $3 McDonald's meals for breakfast and driving a standard Cadillac for over 10 years. I love that about him. He's like, I don't, I don't need anything else. I have everything I need. It's a beautiful thing. He could have literally garages and garages and garages full of the most beautiful cars in the world, but that's not what he values. And I, I really, and he's been committed to the same person. I I just think it's beautiful. And the fact that he's a self-proclaimed minimalist makes me so happy. (laughs) It would be amazing if we could speak to him. So I found an article on him and it's titled Minimalist Rules to Learn from Warren Buffett. And I think you'll really appreciate these rules. So he says, number one, always live below your means. Number two, hang out with inspiring figures. Three, never stop learning. Four, always think long-term. Five, Don't go into debt unless you will profit later. Six, always focus on the future, not the past. Seven, give back to others. And eight, discover your passion and follow it. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that is. It'd be pretty easy to live under his means, eh? Oh my gosh. (laughs) But but it's interesting because everything he said here is everything, all the lessons that I've learned over the past decade. And it's, you know, even though we live very different lifestyles, although his lifestyle is not very different or we have different bank accounts, we both realize the important things. We also, we both share this level of wisdom in life. I read a quote the other day and I, I wish I saved it. It's all about how the journey of life is all about learning about what it is to be alive, learning life lessons. The older we get, the more we learn, the more we grow. And we're like, wow, like, this is what life is all about. And these are all the learnings that we, that we gain over the few uh, the, over all the decades that we live it's interesting that's so true no he's amazing he's very inspirational so the next question is what makes your life feel purposeful or what values are most important to you i think the biggest thing is doing work that i enjoy and that's meaningful to me and developing myself i think that's really important uh, relationships like having real relationships with people in my life and then the value that I realized is most important to me is that I understand like people make mistakes and they get angry, but who someone is at their core, if they're a good person at their core, that is my values. Mm, They're good people. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. You want real relationships, people that are real with you and you can be yourself around. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you touch on that because I, I speak about how very similarly, What makes me feel purposeful is a sense of connection. And someone reminded me yesterday, a life lived without connection is meaningless because if you're on your own and you have no sense of connection, where, where is your meeting? Where is your value being given and who is giving you value? No one's giving you value. Like we need that sense of connection, even if that is with one person. Sense connection is so important. Having relationships, friendships, family, love from a partner. And everyone's different. Some people need tons of friends. Some people only need a couple close friends. And that's okay. And there should be no judgment around that at all. And then second point is I value work that I am passionate about. I value a sense of security. I think you and I are two people who have big ambitions. And sometimes we don't feel secure because we have all these ideas. And so that sense of security is important. And lastly, freedom. There's nothing better than freedom in this world. It's the best feeling in the world. And obviously, it's not easy either. To maintain a sense of freedom is also not easy. And it has its own stresses. But to have flexibility in your life is the best feeling in the world. 
That's so true. I actually, I'm babysitting my friend's dog right now. And I was walking her this morning and I was like, what am I doing? It's like 11 a.m. and I'm just walking around the park. <laughs> and then I'm like, actually, no, like I'm living the dream. Like I, I yes. have freedom in my life. Like I need to stop being anxious about because I'm not sitting in a, a commercial building tower. It's because we are living downtown in an environment where everyone walks to work or drives to work and everyone's in an office. So if we were living in the fields of Italy, Lauren, right now, you wouldn't have thought that that wouldn't even cross your mind. It's so interesting. It's because of the place that we're in, the energy around us to be a freelancer, to work hours that you want to work is very, it's just, it's not the norm here. So it just feel, you feel a sense of guilt. Yeah, that's true. But I was able to recognize it and change it. Good. I like that. Be mindful. So the next question is, what is one quote that you live by? This is a weird quote and there's a book on it, but I always say to myself, maybe it's a good thing. Mm. So when bad things happen or something comes up and I'm like stressed about it or upset about it, I step back and I'm like, maybe it's a good thing. Okay. Just as an example, this isn't with my own life, but say you got an offender bender and it was expensive Mm -hmm. and then it made you step back and reassess your finances and your spending habits. And you took those lessons with you for the rest of your life. So it was like that small fender bender actually ended up being a good thing or a breakup ended up being a good thing Mm -hmm. or a job change. So it's, I always ask myself, maybe it's a good thing when things go bad. One I liked is tomorrow's promise to no one. That always made me feel like, you know, you got to get up and live your life in the moment. And there are many paths up a mountain. I like that one a lot. I actually have uh, a couple to share. So one is by Mother Teresa. She says, spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. Oh, I love that. If if I if if I could do one thing in this world is whenever I meet with someone to make them feel better after is yeah, that's feeling. amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like to be, I always feel like, so people are like, what's your purpose, right? Everybody has a purpose. I feel like mine is to help people see the light in their own world. And that's my goal. So I love that quote. And then the second thing is, second quote is by Oprah. I love this one for a couple of reasons. She goes, you know, you're on the road to success if you would do your job and not be paid for it. Oh, I love that because I love minimalism so much that I would do this and not be paid for it. So interesting. I, I I was walking down the street this morning after my meeting and I saw a Lotto Max sign that said $55 million. And I said, mm, what would I do with that $55 million? Well, I would invest in the things that I love doing already. That's it. Really, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. And even my therapist asked me the other day, she was, she was like, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out, I've always loved kids and I've always want to have children. And I've been a little bit more indifferent these days. And she goes, okay, so if you had the chance to have a kid right now or, or to work, what would you do? I said, I would want to focus on building a work baby. I rather, I rather that. And she's like, well, what if you could do both? I was like, I would love that. (laughs) I was like, I could do that too. So yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. But I love that quote because I really, really, truly believe that if you, you got to go into any passion with the thought of, I would do this if I wasn't getting paid for it, because you got to love it. It's the only way you're going to sustain whatever you're focusing on, because everything will kind of, at some point it will get mundane or it won't be fun one day. So you really got to love it. 
You got to love it. I always say that to fellow podcasters. If you choose a subject, you got to love it because most podcasts last five episodes. So, yeah, I Bill Burr has a really good podcast and he talks about when he first got started in comedy and he wasn't making any money. And um, now he's doing these huge shows and he's like, it's like free money because he loves it. Yeah. So, no, I believe that it's like if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm, exactly yep yeah goes back to that we heard that as children and his podcast is called the monday morning podcast it's hilarious it's so funny like the best life advice getting life advice from a comedian is the best way to go (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i could talk about him for a while he's really funny so the next question is what obstacle have you overcome in recent memory lauren So the most recent one I can think of, the real estate market was really slow in Mm. Toronto. And so one of the things I did was put together this training course for my brokerage and I pitched it to my broker. And now every Friday morning, I train new agents in pre-construction and resale. And I love it. I, I have this newfound love of teaching and just inspiring people and motivating them and I'm very methodical. So I like teaching that method and just like laughing about the mistakes I made when I was first started in real estate. And yeah, so that was one obstacle I feel I felt like I overcame and was creative and finding a solution. That's really great to hear because I yeah. know when it hit and you were getting very anxious, but I also remember the day that you sent an email to someone to say, Hey, how can I help? And they came back and they're like, Oh, yeah. So if you as a listener, are you in a similar situation? Sometimes you don't know that people need someone to help them with X or X or X. There is an opportunity. Maybe you could help someone for for money on the side while you're finding your next gig. So it was really, really great that you spoke up. Yeah, for sure. And if you like, sometimes you can create your own job, which is great. Just Mm -hmm. be, think outside the box. Yeah. I mean, the market's starting to pick up a bit now, but it definitely opened me up to something that I wouldn't have done otherwise. That is great. I love hearing this. And I'll tell you more later off the pod. That is so great. It's really going to strengthen your teaching skills. That's great. Yeah, for sure. So my answers were the first, finding social connection at work, which I've solved, as I mentioned earlier. And the second one is letting go of control. As you know, I it's not that I like to control things. I just like a little bit of structure in my life. And so my my father, he had a health scare recently and I had asked him to get a second check because uh, I'm worried that it's something else. And uh, he puts it off. He doesn't He doesn't go to get that second check. And I've said as much as I can. I've told you know my mom and my family and none of them are really pushing for it. And it's just me. And I was like, you know what? I need to stop. I just need to tell him, hey, this is my suggestion. I really care about you. And I think you should do this. And the fact that he doesn't, that's his choice. And I just need to let go. I've come yeah. to the, the the point where I'm like, I just need to let go, not worry too much. And, you know, like, like you, and I love someone so much, I, I want to do everything I can for them, but sometimes you just got to let them do what they think is, or, or know is right. And maybe he is right. I just need to let go. Yeah. It's like that quote, think of how hard it is to change yourself. And that's why it's impossible to change somebody else. Oh, wow. I've never yeah. heard of that one. Oh, I always think of that. Oh, that's so good. So the next question is, what's the best career advice you've ever been given? Oh, I love this one. (laughs) Okay. So there's a photo. I will try to find it. Maybe we can post it on our Instagram. And it's of a guy digging for gold. 
and he's two inches away from this gold. And the photo is him turning back. Like he's given up. Wow. No way. And I always think of like, you never know how close you are. So it's like, you can't quit because like, you might be so close and that can be not necessarily your career. That could be like relationships or health or minimalism. Maybe you're almost there with figuring out how to do it. But, um, yeah, that photograph, I always think of that with work. Okay. This is one. I, this was by Jordan Peterson. I'm paraphrasing this, but break things down into the smallest possible thing you are willing to do today. Because you have these big goals and they seem so far away and big that how can you ever accomplish them? But it's like, what's the tiniest thing you can do today? Move the needle in the smallest amount every day. Again, paraphrase, that was Tim Ferriss. He's like, you know, you got to just get that little bit every Mm -hmm. single day. It's that's what builds. And I like Mark Manson kind of talked about this, but it's how we always look at other people. It's like, oh, they know what they're doing. They have everything figured out. But he's like, no, everyone's just doing their best guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that sometimes helps me when I'm working on stuff. Just like our our adult parents. They're just big kids doing their best. Yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. I love both of your points. That's great. I would. I had. I had one point for your first point. I, I just one response to your first point. I, I just forget what that was. But uh, oh, the guy turning away from the goal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want that picture. That yeah, is I'll find so it. great. I really actually needed to hear that today. That is a really, 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 really good point. I I think a lot of people they give up right before something happens. Yeah. And so again, if you love something, just keep going, keep going. But also there is a point where you have to realize, oh, this is the time to stop. Sometimes there is a time to stop. Oh, for so. sure. To like cross paths. But even with dating, like I remember I was so mm-hmm. burnt out by the end, and I was like, I'm gonna keep going. So it's like so worth it if you, you know, you know, you could be one inch from the gold. So yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I'm putting frames on my wall soon. And I think I want a piece of that image on my wall. That is really cool. So for me, what's the best career advice I've ever been given is so the first podcast I ever started listening to was Inside Quest, which is now called Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu. And he said, explore your interests and develop a passion. And I loved that so much. It was like, go explore. And I did, I explored, I explored. Then I found a passion, minimalism and, 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 and everything that we do. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to build this. And so he really inspired me. And the other advice that I've been given to uh, just through my network is figure out what's important to you. And like, do you want to work all the time or do you want to want more balance in your life? If you figure out what's important to you, then you can figure out what career makes the most sense for you. So if you're someone who's extremely ambitious and you actually get a high from working crazy hours, then go do that. If you're someone that rather work to live another life, to go do the fun things in their life, like go play a sport, it's just a means to an end, then do that. But figure out what that is, Right. Because we want to figure out what kind of lifestyle we want before we think about the career because the career is going to impact how your life is, how your lifestyle functions. For sure. I feel like I don't mind working weekends or long hours if it's something I want to be working on. It's if it's work I'm not interested in and then it's like a Saturday, then 
it's a lot harder to commit. Yeah. I remember when we first connected as friends, you were always working weekends. It was so challenging. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I can't see Lauren. <laughs> but now it's a Saturday and I'll work all day, but it's on stuff I want to be working on. And I could care less that it's Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're used to working on weekends, so it's no big deal. Yeah. So what's the best personal advice you've ever been given? Okay. This is Oprah too, but when you know better, you do better. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, don't blame yourself for past mistakes. Once you learn and grow as a person, you may, you'll make better decisions. Okay. Through better help. One of the things the therapist I'm speaking with has helped me is thought challenging. I think I've talked about this in other podcasts, but really just with that personal advice, it's like you have a thought and instead of just believing it and reacting to it emotionally, questioning it and being like, is there facts to prove this thought? Like, let's sit down and write out the logic of it. Mm -hmm. And that has helped me so much with my personal life. Um, Oh, in Oprah's book, she said, how am I making things more difficult than they need to be? Mm. So I definitely, when I'm doing things in life and I feel like I'm overwhelmed or they're complicated, Mm -hmm. I'll step back and be like, oh, what the, I've always found that the answer is easy. Mm-hmm. It's like the real answer, like what's right is easy. The complicated route is never the right way to go. Mm-hmm. So, and then this is my own personal advice to the listeners, which I've learned in my life. The best advice I can ever give is two things. If there's anything you want in life, it's trial and error and not giving up. If you uh-huh. can do those two things in any area, then you, you'll probably eventually reach success. Mm, I really like that a lot. And, and to your point about making things difficult, minimalist Warren Buffett, he says, quote, there seems to be some perverse human characteristic that likes to make easy things difficult. So true. Yeah, for sure. Our world likes to complicate things to sound smarter. And it's just like, you don't need to just simplify it. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> so true. It's like meetings with a zillion zillion questions. Okay. So what's the best personal advice you've ever been given? So for me, I was passed on a book by a former mentor figure of mine in the early 2000s. And it's called The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. And it is the best life advice I ever could have been given, especially at that point in my life. And then I read it again in 2013. And I want to read it again. So it's The Four Agreements. There's four agreements. The first is Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. I always find that I always refer back to this book. It's one of my favorite books in the world. It's basically the book that I would give any teenager or someone in their early 20s. These are life lessons. This is this is personal advice that is so incredible and will really, really help you. I love that don't take anything personally because I think a lot of us waste time on taking things personally and also don't make assumptions. You know, that's, I think I still make assumptions, but I try not to, right? Because when you make assumptions, then you're going to get anxious, but maybe there is nothing wrong, right? Don't make assumptions. You know, people always think, oh, it's like, oh, you know, that person probably thinks I'm like that. It's like, they might not. You don't know. So don't make assumptions. So, yeah. I got to read that book. I can't believe I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's another book called The Fifth Agreement. He also wrote a book called The Mastery of Love. So he's a great author. Yeah. Check him out. Um, Miguel Ruiz. It's uh, last name is R-U-I-Z. 
So the next question is, what to-do list item have you been putting off for a while? I want to sign up for a course. I'm always usually in some type of class, whether it's like skit writing or late night mm. writing or stand up or acting classes or something or piano lessons, sailing lessons. I always like learning new skills and I just, I'm not in anything right now. So I feel like I got to get back on that. What about you? Oh, you were, th- you were thinking of something to add in your life that you've been putting off. I'm just thinking about things that I need to work on. So backing up computer files, creating a vision board for myself. I have these things that I want in my life. And it's so funny. I said to a friend the other day, I was like, I want this. And it's a material item, but it's something that I know I will use and I will really love and take good care of. And he's like, oh, is that just like a dream? And I was like, no, it's going to happen. Like I have the confidence. I'm going to make it happen. I have no doubt. Isn't that great? I'm like, no, it's not a dream. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And then my last one is integrating my long-term goals into my bullet journal. So in my bullet journal, I haven't really been integrating, uh, oh, as you touched on, systems, daily systems, little to-dos that get me closer to accomplishing those goals for the long-term. That's so, so important. Again, move the needle just a little bit every single day, as you said. Yeah. Every day at the end of the day, I look at my goals. I have them written down and I'm like, did you get closer to that? You do that? That's amazing. Yeah. And some days I'm like, nope, <laughs> I probably got further away from that. And that's okay. That's real. Yeah. But um, I, I do really try to structure my day around it. So, Okay. So we are getting closer to question 20, but this is question 18. How are you helping the environment? Okay. Uh, I walk everywhere, almost always. Living in a condo is actually a lot more environmental than a house. You're, it's a lot less to heat and air condition. And my cousin pointed that out. And I thought that that mm-hmm. was interesting. Uh, obviously not overbuying. We're minimalists. So recycling, donating when I can, using as much reusable items as I can. You know, glass containers over plastic, reusable bags, proof underwear, a bar of soap. It's just these little simple things mm-hmm. that also save you a ton of money in the long run. Thousands over a lifetime if you add it up. Yep. But um, yeah, it's just these super simple things you don't really notice. And then they make a huge impact. So and you get your steps in walking everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, you do. It's a big one. Yeah, that's great. We love comparing our step count. It's so fun. Yesterday I came home and it was 6666. Those were your angel numbers. I was like, ooh, that's oh, a good sign. That is. <laughs> I'm into that stuff. <laughs> so I took a screenshot of it. I was like, this is really cool. So obviously at living this way, we become more conscious in every area of our lives. We become more mindful about the things that we say. Uh, we, we live more sustainably we, we eat less processed foods and we buy less packaged foods. We, as you said, use reusable items as much as we can. And by buying less products, we produce less waste and we sell or donate excess things. There's all these ways that we live that help the environment that we're doing every day that we don't actually really even realize how much, but luckily our generation and you know what, most generations today are, are trying to help the environment. I think that is a focus today. And especially the Gen Z generation, they they really, really care about the environment. That's really, really top of mind. So the next question is, do you have a five-year plan? And if so, what's on it? Wow, that's a big question. Yeah, that is. Like I said, I definitely want to get married and have kids. I want to buy a house, do work I love and do well at it, and spend the winter somewhere warm. <laughs> Those mm. are my biggest things. It was Kelly and I were just saying before we started this podcast, it was snowing in Toronto today. 
yes. and it's almost May. So we yes. have long, brutal winters. It's funny because our last recording, we were talking about how it's summer outside and we were in shorts. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Toronto people, are, some people are in like shorts or a t-shirt and other people are in parkas. They're so confused about the weather because they're like, what, what is it outside? I don't know. Like, I'll just go get the mail. <laughs> yeah. Every day is different here. There, my building specifically has Airbnbs and some guy from the States was in our elevator and the guy that I was with was in shorts and he looked at him. He's like, whoa. And it was maybe five degrees out. But for us, that's hot. <laughs> that's yeah, that fine. is warm. I usually store my off-season clothes, but my closet is half winter, half, half summer right now because you yeah. actually need them both. That's so funny. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a mishmash right now in my closet. I was putting more of my spring wear out, but I still have some winter stuff because it was hailing on me while I was walking home from my meeting this this morning. So yeah, that was fun, but it was refreshing. I don't know. It was refreshing. (laughs) Kelly, so optimistic. (laughs) This hail is very refreshing. I don't know. It just was. It it didn't hurt me at all, but it, it was cold. It was breezy. And I don't know. I just, I needed it. So mine is a lot more complicated than yours and I shouldn't have complicated things. You're right. I'm very uh-huh. detail oriented and I shouldn't be like this. This is too much. So I'm working on it right now is my response. I'm working on my five-year plan. I have a oh. little bit of a vision, but I'm learning that it's important to write it down. I asked my therapist recently, as I said, that, you know, like I, I'm, I've been thinking about it, but I haven't actually put it on paper. And I asked her the question back. I said, you know, when speaking to other clients and you ask them this question, you know, what is your five-year plan? Do most of them have a plan? And she goes, most of them have ideas, but they haven't written them down. And I was like, oh, I need to start doing it. And those who have written it down or have, have some clarity have usually taken some time to think about it every day or, or save it in their, in their journal or just have a system in place so that they can get there. So on my five-year plan, I would like to further my work in minimalism. Perhaps there is a book in the works by then. I'd like to save up enough to buy my first home. I'd like to be in the development stage of building a business that helps solve today's paradox of choice when it comes to the stuff in our lives, because there's endless availability and options out there. And I'd like to have a partner in my life that I love. So that's, that's beautiful. It. Yeah. We should have done our five-year plan five years ago when we started the podcast. Yeah, and then reflected and looked back on where we were and where we yeah. are today. We're like, uh, let's delete that episode. <laughs> you know, that's so fascinating. That would be, Well, we're doing it now. We're yeah, it that's now. true. So five years from now, you're going to be 39? 38. 38. Okay, fine. Lauren. And a half. No, fine. I'll be turning 39. <laughs> we'll give you 39. We'll give me 41. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'm actually excited for my 40s. Most people, they don't see it that oh, way. I hey, see Mar- it that way. Miranda Kerr just turned 40 and she looks amazing. Yeah. So there you go, guys. You know, there look you forward to it. I know we have quite a few listeners in their 40s and 50s and 60s. I'm I'm not worried. You're just going to get wiser and more confident. It's the best thing in the world. Oh, I'm sure they're the best years. I was so scared to turn 30 and Everyone's no, it's like, funny. Your 30s are your best years. They are the best years. I mean, maybe 40s are the best years. I don't know yet. Yeah. So it only gets better. So what do you, this is our last question. What do you want people to know about you or how do you want to positively impact the world? I, okay. So what, what do, how do I want to impact the world? Make people laugh, uh, teach people to simplify their lives and inspire people. 
I love that. That's so great. Very simple as Lauren would be. Yeah. I love it. So from a personal perspective, I want people to remember how I made them feel. And my hope is that I made them feel heard and happy in our interaction. From a work and ambition perspective, I hope to inspire people, again, our mission to live a simpler, more intentional life and to, to see what their true talents are inside and what their value is in the world, to see their own light, as I said before. And everything we strive for on the podcast, I want to help others manage the excess, the noise in our noisy world and other things in our way that don't serve us. So Joshua Fields Melbourne of The Minimalist, one of my favorite quotes by him is he says, we can't change the people around us, but we can change the people around us. Can't change them, but we can remove them from our lives. Similarly, I would argue that we can't change the noise around us, controlled by big corporations in many ways, but we can change how we manage it. We can change how we manage that noise, right? We can be better with our technologies, our tools. We can be smarter about making time to disconnect. Uh, We can set boundaries with certain noise that comes our way. And so we do have that ability in many, many ways that... I'm sure many of us don't think that we have, but we actually do. And I'll leave our listeners with this. One of my favorite articles is by journalist Andrew Sullivan. It's called, I Used to Be a Human Being. It's it's really about how if we are not mindful of our technologies, they can actually be in charge of how our lifestyle functions versus us being in control of it. So it's about getting control over these things that can be useful to our lives and better our lives. It's just about managing them in a positive way that actually amplifies your life rather than takes it away and controls it. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that great. So we both want to help people simplify their lives and live with greater intention. This is amazing. We're on the same page, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was so much fun, those questions. <laughs> oh, so much fun. I hope that our listeners are thinking about doing that with a friend of theirs or they feel inspired to do it with their partner if they have a partner in their lives. This, this is so much fun. It, and you yeah. could, you know, you could even do it with a parent. It'd be so much fun. It's making me think that I want to do it with someone. So yeah, this is this is great. And I, I also learned more about you. I kind of learned how you see me a little bit more, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so yeah, very, very, very cool episode. And we'll have to do it again. And we thought of doing it because obviously a lot of you are new to our podcast and don't know much about us. So we thought we would have a little bit of a refresher on us and our lifestyles. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah, that was amazing. I feel like there were so many other questions we left out. So we could definitely do it again. Yes. Yes. We can do another 10 or 20 in another episode. We'll definitely have to do that. And uh, if you enjoyed our episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you, even if it's just a line or you can respond to this episode. And if you really enjoyed it, we'd love to hear your feedback. It would be great. And subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, you can find us again, as always, on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalist. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This was so fun. This is so great. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.